0: A popular outcast production.
1: and welcome to episode 20 of Portable Power. My name is Mark Matters. I'm here with... Kevin Seibert.
0: And Emma Smith.
1: And if you didn't already know, we are the world's greatest podcast of all time. Specifically, we talk about mobile video games, though. And this is a special episode. We're going to be talking um, exclusively about music in handheld games from all the way back to the original Game Boy to today. Before we get started on that, though, um, let's hear a little bit about our hosts. Emrys, how are you today?
0: I am I'm super. Thanks for asking.
1: Yeah? Oh, you're welcome. Is it water this evening that you're drinking?
0: Crystal clear Brita water. Oh, that's the best. Cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what are you playing in the video game world outside of what we do for this podcast?
0: You know, oh, there's a great game on Steam called Banished, mm-hmm. which is um, it's a village simulator. Like Farmville? No. It's sort of like SimCity... But you deal with a, like a small number of people and you have to like construct homes for them and give them jobs. And you like make resources. And the idea is to have a large prospering uh, hamlet.
1: And Where does the banishing come in?
0: Well, you you're, you start out with like eight people or I guess like 20 people who were banished from their homeland. And so they're making a new home, you know, in the forest. By a river.
1: Kevin, what are you drinking this evening?
2: Well, tonight, um, I'm about to open it, and, uh, it's the, um, Rafferig, I guess is how you pronounce it. Ah. It's a single malt scotch whiskey aged in a quarter cask, which I guess is an old-fashioned way of making it. Whoa, this is the most pungent-smelling scotch I have ever smelled. <laughs> uh, this is probably what peat smells like. Mm. I, I haven't tasted it yet, so let's see.
0: I've always been a fan of peat. He's a good guy.
1: Pete and Pete.
2: That is quite strong and very smoky, but I like it. Awesome.
1: You didn't you didn't let it breathe?
2: No.
0: I don't think you have to let Scotch breathe. Uh
1: we'll get to that later. <laughs> I could uh, be wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Will we get to that later? Let's see. Uh what are you playing? Well, I took the plunge and started playing Hearthstone this week. Oh nice. What platform? PC? PC.
1: Okay, I'm still I'm holding out for the mobile version, which apparently is in the second half of 2014. So I'll be waiting a while.
0: Bummer. What do you think of it?
2: It's not as addictive as I thought it would be. It's it's fun, and you know I I like customizable card games. I'm either really bad at deck building, or I can't like I either get just spells or just creatures in my hand at a time.
0: Yeah, the deck building is really delicate in that game, actually.
2: Yeah, I, I'm still trying to get the hang of it, but, I mean, as of right now, I only have, I only really have mage cards unlocked. Mm-hmm. Like, I unlocked all yeah. the classes, but I've only built a custom deck with the mage class.
0: The best thing to do is to start out with all creatures, and then slowly work in spells that you need. Because, like, having only a handful of spells is actually really, they're really powerful, so you, you need to keep your monsters up. And there's lots of strategies about that, but... Uh... It's a it's a lot more delicate of a game than it seems in terms of tactics.
1: I'm really looking forward to playing it, but also I th- maybe we should do a nice Hearthstone episode or mini episode at least very soon since it's, it's out on iPad, which I would consider a mobile format.
2: Yeah, I, I've been I I might get an iPad with my tax return this year. Oh wow! So yeah, you know it seems like it might be a worthwhile investment. Sure. So, uh, Mark, what do you what do you have to drink tonight?
1: All right, well, I bought this for myself for my birthday, along with Shenmue 2, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that meant that then my wife didn't buy me much for my birthday, because that's $150 together, <laughs> yeah. but um, I have the Alexander Murray & Company out of Aberdeen, Scotland's Speyside Single Malt Scotch Whiskey, aged 23 years.
2: Nice, we're both drinking Scotch tonight.
1: Yeah, 1989, oh. this baby was thrown into an oak cast.
2: 23-year-old Scotch. Yeah. That is... Nice. You guys
0: are killing me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let me tell you, when I first opened it, it was hot, like it was like alcohol. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if I really like this. It's like it's it's like looking like, like, a a barrel that's been cleaned with rubbing alcohol. Um, I'm about halfway through the bottle now, and it, <laughs> it, it is no. This is it's been a month. Come on, <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> that's still a little fast.
1: <laughs> yeah, and um, it's really like mellowed out and it's just way more complex and flavorful and i would go as far to say is it's like that le- nice and fruity and just really nice and it was a limited edition thing i got the last bottle and they're not you know that's it so i have to really start making this stuff stretch
2: that sounds delicious
0: yeah i'm crying literally <laughs>
2: <laughs> and uh what are you playing that isn't for the show
1: uh, i'm still playing dark souls 2 having an amazing time it's so good it's Slightly easier, I would say than the first Dark Souls, but not in a bad way. It's a really good game and it's you know a lot of people consider maybe the last of us to be the PlayStation 3's Swan song, so to speak but um this really is this was a great way to end the PlayStation 3 generation. That's awesome so I, d- I do have a question of the week and I waited until the end to ask it because it's, it's a little bit different this episode. Did you guys play Dungeons and Dragons yesterday? <laughs> yeah.
2: The answer is no, we did not. Oh, that's oh. true.
0: Technically speaking, yeah.
2: Yeah, we, play, we played the Pathfinder tabletop role-playing game. That's true. All right.
0: uh, Pathfinder is a uh, spin off of Dungeons & Dragons. In fact, it doesn't say Dungeons & Dragons anywhere on the books anywhere. It just says the world's most popular role-playing game whenever it talks about its heritage. Gotcha. But yeah, um, we played Pathfinder yesterday and it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, we had a great crowd for it. It was uh, it was a veritable who's who of popular Outcast podcast network. <laughs> yeah, people. that's true. So I'm guessing both Kunkles were there. That's yes. true. And uh, Chris Rao from Delusional Loners.
0: The only person who wasn't involved in a popular Out Outcast production is my sister, who died. Her character died. It was tragic. Oh. <laughs> it was pretty gruesome. <laughs> yeah, no, my, not my sister, but her character got. Her brain eaten by a monstrous plant. But I'm a I'm a fucking beast
2: in that game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a dwarven <laughs> ranger falconer, and I I have a I have a owl familiar. Guess what I named my owl? Um, Owl Bundy. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, Doctor Who.
1: Oh, even better. I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he was he was tanking up a bunch of zombies by himself. I just held like five of them at bay, pretty much just stood in a doorway yeah that's awesome it was um it was quite amazing and i'm running the game i'm the dungeon master so oh cool it was a lot of fun
2: yeah i enjoyed it a lot that was my first time really doing more than just like like i this is intended to be a a campaign like i i role played two other times but never more than once for a campaign so this is pretty exciting i wish i could be there to
0: do it that would be amazing but actually we're full up on players (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, okay, uh, like I said before, this is the Portal Games Music Spectacular. And I'll get things started with the first track. Uh, this is from a game from 1990, way back in the early infancy of the Game Boy. And this is from the video game Gargoyle's Quest. track is called Demon Border. I chose this track mainly because it's not super well-known overall. Like, I, I didn't want to just pick, like, oh, well, here's the main theme from Mario or, you know, something <laughs> like that. I wanted to go just slightly more obscure. But in Gargoyle's Quest, that's, like, one of the main tracks that really stick out to me. And um, it's pretty much the only one that I still remember after listening to the entire soundtrack the other day. And it's very, like, sort of spooky and medieval you know, yeah. there's this background melody that almost sounds like it's being sung by ghosts, you know, despite this 8-bit quality of the instruments. But Gargoyle's Quest is a spinoff of Ghouls and Ghosts, like that whole series. And you can really tell because I think, in this track at least, because it just feels like it was lifted like right out of those
2: games. It definitely has like a, has a cool mood set for that sort of thing. And, and uh-huh. like Capcom back in like the 8-bit, 16-bit era particularly just had a reputation for, like, all of their games having phenomenal music.
1: I would totally agree. This one was done by, um, I'm going to butcher these names because they're Japanese, but um, it was composed by Harumi Fujita and Yoko Shimomura, who were both female. The latter, uh, Yoko Shimomura, actually composed a lot of Capcom stuff, and later on, I think she even did, like, Mario Luigi Superstar Saga, now available on Wii U.
2: That had great music, too.
1: Yeah, and she did a lot of, I think, the iconic Street Fighter II tracks, like the original Street Fighter II tracks, which is mm. some of the best video game music, I think, out there.
3: Awesome. <laughs>
4: Show no kosu
2: Might recognize that.
1: I'm going to assume it's from The World Ends With You.
2: Yeah, that is from The World Ends With You. It's the battle theme. Well, one of many battle themes they have in that game. It's called Someday. And what I like about it, it's, it's not the first battle theme that you hear in the game. It's from one of the later ones. And it just has a really good energetic battle feel. And The World Ends With You used music to actually immerse the player more deeply in the game because, mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this game on the show before, but the main character, Neku, wears headphones all of the time, never takes them off even when he's talking to other people, so the entire game has J-pop just blaring. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, it, it, it always changes, like, to reflect the mood of the situation, but it's just it makes use of music in really interesting ways.
0: Yeah. I I, I just started replaying it recently. And at one point I was like, man, this music is really annoying. (laughs) And then I realized that because it was distracting me from a conversation. I was like, I couldn't focus on the conversation because, and then at that moment people were like, Hey, Neku, why aren't you paying attention? And I was like, I had a moment where I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is totally like the point. That's kind of
2: brilliant. Like, everything about that game was so well done, but the, it, like, the music completely immerses you in the experience of being Neku.
1: See, I just thought it was the intro to some
2: weird anime or something. <laughs> the World Ends With You is probably the world's weirdest anime. Yeah. <laughs> it takes place in Japan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Shibuya district. Yeah. Okay, that explains a lot. Yeah, it's supposedly an accurate recreation of what downtown looks like.
0: Yeah, I've heard that it's very accurate.
2: With different brand names of the stores and everything, but more or less like accurate as what it was in around 2008 when the game came out
1: i love when games do that shenmue does that um to an extent i believe jet grind radio did that don't quote me on that some of the tony hawk games did that crazy taxi i love it when a lot of games try to just you know at least capture pieces of real world locations
2: yeah
0: me too okay this is a this is a short one i think you will you will find it immediately resonates with you
2: Wait, can I can I guess? Can I guess? Yes. C. It's C, right?
0: Nope. B. It is B. Wait, is there a C mode? There is a C mode, yeah. Okay. First of all, that tune has a dirty beat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I still love it. I I I I've listened to it at least like four times today, just um just looping it because it's so good and it's obviously iconic of Tetris and um. I could never play on A or C. Like, I, I would always switch it to B, and I, uh, the furthest i have ever gotten in Tetris was definitely listening to this song. Um, you get the rocket. As far as I know, it's the only way to beat Tetris is you get that rocket, and I've only seen it once in my life, but I got there on my own. Proud moment.
1: B-Mode is, like, the only way to, like, beat Tetris.
0: <laughs> well, it's just the music that changes.
1: No. In B-Mode, there are a bunch of blocks already on the screen, and you have to work around them, and you it counts down every time you get a line. It counts down a number, and when that line, when that number gets to zero, then you win. And the rock, you see the rocket ship and all oh, that.
0: Oh, maybe I just never noticed that. Anyway, it's been a long time since Tetris, the original Game Boy Tetris on the P-Soup screen, but I still love that song.
2: You know, I I saw um, an article where they were saying that um, Tetris has the most universally recognizable video game soundtrack.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: like even more so than the original Mario Brothers apparently.
0: Track A
1: is like an actual like classic Russian song. Well that's right?
2: true. So it probably yeah, it probably has that going
0: for I it. I think they're all they're all chip arrangements of classical music actually.
1: You're probably you're probably right.
0: Um, but that's like one of the few chip tunes because I know I've mentioned before that I don't usually like chip tunes. That's one of the few that I really like legitimately enjoy on its own merits.
1: It's Dirty Beat.
0: It has a Dirty Beat, I'm telling you! <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say about the Tetris music except Dirty Beat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's fine. Yeah. So, it sounds like a Justin Timberlake song. Dirty Beat.
0: Yeah, Justin Timberlake should do an arrangement of uh, Tetris B. That sounds more like a floss thing.
1: <laughs> My next track is... Well, I was going to say it's a little newer, but we already did some new stuff. So I'm just going to jump right into it here. This is from... Puzzle Quest, Challenge of the Warlords for Nintendo DS, the song's called Battle 2. So, I don't know about you, Kevin, but um, hearing that song brings back some good memories.
2: Indeed it does. I Yeah, it makes me want to match some gems together.
1: <laughs> uh, it's funny, when I was looking for this song online, there's a couple different versions, and I guess for the um, probably for the PlayStation, Xbox, and PC uh, versions of that game, the music's a lot higher quality uh, than the DS one. The DS one's very MIDI-sounding. So it's unfortunate that, you know, we got this inferior version, you know, and despite that, though, that is the DS version that I just played, and I still think it's a great tune. Definitely. I, I like it because it's it's a very, like, Super Nintendo-era style, like, RPG kind of a song, and it, um, like I said before, it's just like a time machine back to 2007, just, like, laying in bed for hours on end hearing that song as I'm matching gems to take down trolls and medusas and of creatures and knights and stuff.
2: Yeah, that game definitely wreaked havoc with my sleep schedule.
1: <laughs> and uh, the song itself, I just, I don't know, the melody is just very, like, heroic sounding, but there's this sort of, like, bittersweet, sorrowful kind of melody in there as well. And there's this great swell, this, like, build-up around, like, 2 minutes and 5 seconds to, like, 2 minutes and 15 seconds. That it, it just gets me pumped up to pair some gems, man. Yeah, definitely. Amos, have you played that game?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Is it available
2: on the eShop now or not? not sure. I know there's been, there's like four games in the series now. I never felt a need to play other ones other than the first one. Like, I, I yeah. downloaded um, Marvel Puzzle Quest and didn't play it for super long because it just made me want to play the original one more.
1: Same here. I, I, I found it was just very, it was like more basic than the original yeah. Puzzle Quest and I couldn't get into it. So if you like Bejeweled and you like knights and monsters then you should try to track down a copy. It's good though, because I mean, there's all just kind of items and armor and stuff. It's a lot of customization for your characters. And Yeah, that's why I liked it. Ridiculously long. I, I, I never finished it. It felt like was just kept going and going.
2: I mean, you don't have to do all the side quests or anything. Oh, well. <laughs> I, I did and finished it. Alright, well,
1: let's hear what Kevin has up for us next. <laughs>
2: song was clearly written by a crazy person <laughs> <laughs> I, I know at least emrys recognized that yeah that is the music from pokemon red and blue for a gym leader encounter and what i like about it is it has like all of the emotion like it conveys all of the emotions mm-hmm. that you feel during a gym leader encounter, like it's just you know the elation of like all the activity that you, that you can imagine. Your Pokemon are, are engaged, in, even though they're just little Dungeons and Dragons drawings, <laughs> like yeah. pencil esque drawings, and all like you know it even has like dire moments. You're like, oh shit, I just took a critical hit from Hyper Beam, and you know, so like it conveys for me perfectly the mood that I'm in whenever I'm whenever I'm fighting Brock with a fucking Charmander.
1: My feet are sweating, and I'm not even playing the game. Just the <laughs> music alone.
0: <laughs> I, could, I could have easily listened to that track for more, honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that I, I, I feel like we missed out on with our X and Y episode was talking about how much the music in that game um, brings up from Red and Blue. Like How much of the music is still the same, and like all of the different things that call back those classic GDA games that were present in X and Y was something we didn't get to touch on.
2: Yeah, but that episode was already almost two hours. <laughs> I know, I know,
0: I know. So I'm mentioning it now that X and Y has a lot of
1: roots. It does. I almost picked an X and Y song for this episode and I, I cut it out at the last minute.
0: I was thinking about doing Pokemon too.
1: But um, what's crazy about that song is it's what, like not even two minutes long? Mm-hmm. And there's just a lot going on. Yeah, like it's there's a couple parts where there's just like weird time changes, and it's like it's like emotional stress that it causes in you. It's like listening to um, some kind of like core band or something.
2: <laughs> well, that perfectly describes fighting a Geodude in an Onyx with a Charmander.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't argue with that. I knew that you
2: would understand. <laughs> yep, yeah,
0: that was a good choice. I like that we've all um we've all got like really classic games in our in our list. It's not yeah. all fancy midis and whatnot.
1: Yeah, I try to get a little from every era. Yeah, same. So Emiris, we wanna hear track two?
0: Yep. Um all right. we're we're in still in a little bit of the classic era, depending on how you look at it. So, that um, is a song called Wild West, which is from the Final Fantasy VI soundtrack. And when I was doing my Final Fantasy VI review, I mentioned that the Velt area had a really great tune, and that was it. So, one, what I like about that song, the reason I chose it is because when I was playing the game for the review, that, like so much of Final Fantasy music is really iconic, really recognizable, but that one i had forgotten about and it smacked me in the face when i was playing the game <laughs> i was like wow this song is amazing
2: yeah it is really good
0: it really captures like the feeling that you're at at that point in the game like you just come out of a a jungle basically and you're in the uh in the veld which is full of wild animals and big savanna yeah and it really captures that you know, Savannah feel, I think, really well.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's a weird song because at first it's like, oh, this is very like African kind of sounding, Uh but at the same time, the drum beat is very like, um, it's like that beat that you hear in a lot of reggaeton songs. It's got this very like south of the border kind of beat, and there's even like a lot of like, um, not bongos, but like whatever, those little hand drums kind of going on in there and very wild sounding
0: describe it as a dirty beat i could
1: i could see getting dirty to this song
0: (laughs) i like that it has so many different instruments too like not um typical stuff that you'd expect from a game soundtrack it really stood out to me yeah
1: nobuo uomatsu the composer is a freaking genius
0: yeah of course, Final Fantasy music is is a, a league of its own. Picking just one of those tracks is but that one really stood out to yeah.
2: me. If only they did concerts of just Final Fantasy music. Oh wait, they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> <laughs> not, not only that, but Uematsu has a metal band that does
1: Final Fantasy songs. The Black Mages, right? Yeah, sounds cool. But they ne- they never play over here. Yeah. It's a shame. I would love to see that. Yeah, me too. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to move on to my third song. Okay. Doesn't give you nightmares. I don't know what will.
0: Yeah the the drone effect in that was awesome. Yeah it's,
1: yeah. I I in my notes I call it like a breathing effect. Mm-hmm. It's very okay. So first off, this is from a Game Boy Advance game, uh, Metroid Zero Mission. The song is Chozo Ruins Theme. Yeah, that breathing element is just like it's just like unrelenting and ominous, and it's very similar to the original Metroid theme. If you've ever heard that before. Overall, this track just sort of exemplifies the feeling of Metroid. It's, it's spooky, it's it's ominous, it's foreboding, and
2: it's just, like, it's heavy. The thing is, I never played Zero Mission. You haven't played a lot of Metroid games, though, have you? I haven't. I've played Fusion, I've played the very original for the NES, Ooh. and i played Super Metroid, and i played the original Me- Metroid Prime. So, okay. I mean, i played a decent number of them, but not all of yeah. them. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, it's, If you played
1: Fusion and you played Super, like, you're good. Like you know what i'm right. talking about then
2: yeah well yeah the the the, the point i was going to make is i never played zero mission but that song so perfectly encompassed like the metroid feel and style that i knew it was a metroid song instantly yeah, it, yeah.
1: and it was so well done that it would have it would have been perfectly at home in super metroid oh definitely and that's probably because it was composed by two of the people that worked on super metroid kenji yamamoto and minako Hamano? Yeah, they worked on a few Metroid games, Prime and Super, just to name a few. And um, Minako Hamano, and pardon me if I'm mispronouncing that, but um, also did soundtrack, or at least worked on the soundtrack, to Link's Awakening as well. Really? We may have him or her to thank for Ballad of the Windfish. <laughs> <laughs> which if you listen to our very first episode, we talk a great deal about.
0: This episode was almost all about Ballad of the Windfish. (laughs) This is another song from uh, The World Ends With You. I
1: was just going to say, I almost took my tube top off and got up out of my chair.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The reason I picked that one, I I actually had a really hard time picking a a song from that game because every time it would click to a new track, I was like, oh, no, this one is better. I'm like, oh, no, I'll do this one.
2: You know, I almost chose that one myself.
0: Yeah. I didn't want to go last because it's a game we've already done, but uh, it's just, I thought, really good. I liked that it had the lyrics, which is something you really never get in a video game soundtrack. Yeah. Particularly
2: not a portable one.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's one of the things that really stands out about The World Ends With You is that the music has lyrics sometimes, and occasionally it's really distracting, as we talked about. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a great, like, J-pop soundtrack, and, um.
2: Yeah, I've been, in preparation for this episode, um, I've been spending a lot of time, like, I just found a YouTube playlist of the World Ends With You soundtrack, and I just listened to that for a couple of days. Yeah. it's awesome. And it makes me want to play it again.
0: (laughs) I know, right? For the
2: third time.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's when you know it's a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It evokes those kinds of feelings.
0: And I, I think one of the interesting things about video game music is that it's, by nature are very repetitive yeah so finding a song that you can listen to for hours on end without getting really tired of it is something special
2: now one of the things i appreciated about the world ends with you was um calling that song that you just played um yeah. is one of the overworld themes so like while you're running around exploring that's one of right. the songs that will play when you go into battle and then come out this song picks up right where it left off, so it does not it's not a situation where it just, like, restarts at the, you know, takes it from the top or whatever.
0: I never noticed that. That's pretty cool. Because you do end up listening to that song for quite a long time.
2: Yes, yes, you do.
0: <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's surprisingly okay. Uh, and that's what I, I think is really amazing about video game music, that People don't always appreciate if they don't play video games. Is that you have to make one minute and thirty seconds count for a lot.
1: God, anything from the NES is probably under two minutes. just Loops and loops and loops, and I'm I love that stuff. I eat it up like candy.
2: I eat it up like twenty-three year old scotch. I see. <laughs> I see your Spotify history, oh, and yeah. a lot of times it's just video game music.
0: I um, if if this hadn't been just for mobile games, I would have gone directly to the Chrono Cross soundtrack, which I actually have on disc. It's like a four death soundtrack and some of it is is just awesome and I particularly appreciate the battle themes because that battle theme you hear for a good 20 hours <laughs> <laughs> of gameplay time
1: All right Kevin's final track
2: of the evening. That song—it's the
1: first time it was ever heard in that in Kirby game, right?
2: Yeah, that's that's the uh, Green Greens World One of Kirby's Dreamland from 1992 on the original Game Boy, and what—it's it, probably not—it it, it possibly could be—it's probably not the best Kirby song that ever came out, uh, although I'm struggling to come up with a better one. It might be. It might be the best one, but the reason I chose it is because World One, very first Kirby game. And it perfectly conveys what the entire series feels like yeah, in one track. For sure. Like, the, the, the sugary sweetness and adorableness of everything in the world. Like even the bad guys who don't look overtly evil. Here are
1: the notes that I took for it before I deleted it off of my final playlist. Iconic, first of all. This is, like, mm-hmm. the song. I. Besides the da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da song, this is, like, the song I think of when I think of Kirby. Yeah. So happy. <laughs> Great use of stereo, at one point it like goes blah 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 blah, back, between, back and forth between uh, the left channel and right channel.
2: Oh yeah, I love that. And the, the thing about that, is, like, using stereo on the Game Boy was a risky maneuver because like nobody was ever going to even appreciate that unless they used headphones.
1: Yeah. Or bought that giant attachment that had the stereo speakers and the magnifier <laughs> and the light and all that stuff.
0: Oh my gosh, I remember that. I had that.
1: <laughs> I had it. I can't remember what it was called though. It was unwieldy. It made your system not portable.
0: <laughs> not at all portable. <laughs>
1: It already kind of wasn't. <laughs> yeah. But the last note I have for that for that track is it was sort of my inspiration for the original Portable Power theme song. Oh, yeah. I remember you telling I, me I that I wanted now. something very skippy originally. Well, um, I do have a track that I'm going to end the episode with, but we'll do all the um, credits and all that stuff. Well, dear listeners, I thank you for bearing with us this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Recording was kind of weird, but um, pretty cool to hear just where we're all coming from in our own tastes. Uh, If you want to hear it again, if you have requests, uh, let us know. Otherwise, we may bury it on the list of ideas that we're never going to do again. In the meantime, though, uh, visit us at portablepower.popularoutcasts.com. Click on our Amazon banner in incognito mode, or privacy mode, or with cleared cookies, and hope the popular outcasts pay for hair plugs. We're also on Twitter, at portablepowerfm. We're on Facebook facebook.com slash portable power podcast and email us at portable power podcast at gmail.com with any little thing
0: we do dating advice
1: we have done we dating do advice, advice of any kind it just might not be good i, I think daniel's life is richer now <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think we helped him out yeah, him in his pipe <laughs> I don't know. anyway no one's gonna get that joke <laughs> I, know, I know so yeah uh we'll be back on may 1st with a Regular episode of our show with reviews of mobile games on iOS, Android, 3DS, maybe iPad, depending on when the government gets Kevin his damn refund check.
2: I'm going to be like that episode of Family Guy where Brian, where Brian owes Stewie money, and I'm going to be Stewie with the American government. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Oh, uh, well, he, he beats the shit out of Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, I, I know for a fact that I've enriched Daniel's life because one of the posts of mine that he liked was an article called um, about a porn star wrote it asking why people hate porn stars.
2: Oh my god.
0: Which got a like from Daniel. And I was
2: like, oh no, oh no. Corruption of minors, dude. I
0: just, it's not it's not a pornographic article. Oh, okay. It's just it's just that <laughs> the it's written by a porn star and asks a lot of people why they don't like porn stars. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sorry. It's
1: because they have dirty wieners.
0: <laughs> At least half of them are pretty dirty. Too many dirty beets in the zone. Too many dirty beats. <laughs> many dirty beats. Yeah. <laughs> that one took me a minute. Okay. Ugh. Well, I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna lead us out with a wonderful song. So once again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on May first.
2: We'll do the what? All
1: the, you know, plug. All the plugs.
0: The...
2: Oh, yeah, plugs. Yeah. Okay.
1: Plug the website and all that. Hair!
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I got the giggles.
0: It took you a minute, didn't it, Mark, to figure out what that meant? <laughs>
1: Not a minute, but okay. Okay.
0: Uh,